AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's Friday, March 12th. I'm Oscar Ramirez from the Daily Dive podcast in Los Angeles, and this is Reopening America. For many, this past year of the pandemic has been a lost year. And for our kids and teens, the disruption to school life has had major impacts on both academic life and also took an emotional toll. In Hobbs, New Mexico, the high school there closed and sports were canceled, taking away activities that gave many meaning and provided social interaction. Cooper Davis was one such student who, despite his best efforts, felt lost without his normal routine and outlets, and the stress eventually overcame him. Alec McGillis, reporter at ProPublica, joins us for what the pandemic has cost some teenagers. Alec, thank you very much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. I wanted to talk about really what the pandemic has cost a lot of our students and kids across the country. You know, it's been the big disruptor of our lives this past year. It's meant so many different things to so many different people. And the conversation a lot of times revolves around kids and school getting back in there for our younger kids the developmental stuff, socializing, a lot of that's very important for our older kids and our teenagers. There's a lot of talk about mental health and just being taken out of society, so to speak, being taken out of their normal routines. It really impacts a lot of kids in a lot of different ways. And you wrote a a story about Hobbs, New Mexico, and a high school there where really everything was shut down. School was shut down. You had to do the remote learning sports and all those activities also shut down nearby, just across the border in Texas, pretty much fully open. And there's just kind of this contrast in schools and students on one side being deprived of their normal lives, students on the other side seemingly living normal stuff. Uh, So, Alec, tell us a little bit about this, because there's a lot of stuff in this. And and as I mentioned, there's a story here about mental health as well. It's it's something I've been worried about really all year since the pandemic began, the effect that the shutdowns would have on young people. I actually wrote one big article that came out in September about the academic costs for kids. Um, and it focused on a boy in Baltimore, a 
12-year-old boy who I've been mentoring and the terrible effects that the school shutdowns were having on him academically. But then I, I was also worrying about what was happening with older kids, teenagers, and just the broader effects, not just academic, but emotional and mental health-wise, and not just the loss of, of school, but also of sports and all the other activities that kids depend on to be out in the world, and just what the effect was of taking that all away. And I went to New Mexico because I heard about a you know really kind of that situation there, which did involve, as you as you mentioned, the, the border, and such an incredibly stark demonstration there of how our elected officials' decisions matter for sort of shaping the lives of our young people. On, on the one side of the border in Texas, things have proceeded strikingly normally. School was open all the way up through high school, five days a week. They still had football games on Friday nights, and they certainly made some adjustments. You know, they had masks and contact tracing and all that, but they were trying to make it work. And then across the line in New Mexico states led by a Democratic governor who put forward some of the most stringent requirements, limits in the whole country, both on schools and, and generally. And so you had there in the town of Hobbs, everything shut down, barely any kids going to school at all, just a few younger kids, all the sports shut down. And the kids were, the young people, they were really, really struggling with it. As we've kind of learned throughout the pandemic early on, nobody knew what was going on. So it seemed appropriate to shut everything down. As things progressed, we learned that you know younger kids don't get really affected by the virus as much as older people as you get a little older and all that. And even when the limited studies that we have seen now, a lot of the community spread, a lot of spread of the virus isn't necessarily happening in the schools. It's happening outside of the schools, in the communities. And there's a lot at play. Concern right. for health of the students, concern for the health of teachers and administrators as well. So as you mentioned, in New Mexico, they had some pretty stringent closures and in Hobbs, New Mexico, there at the high school, you know, the kids really had to adjust. And, and you profiled a student. His name was Cooper Davis, a young kid, promising kid, played football. That was a big part of his life. Academics was a big part of his life. And that got taken away completely. And this is kind of where the story continues here. Things aren't always what they seem. And his mental health declined pretty rapidly, it seemed like. It did. I mean, if with him, it was a case of a kid who had been doing really, really well beforehand, doing well, very flourishing in sort of normal life, was got really good grades, was really promising quarterback, six foot four, had big dreams of going to playing football at Stanford, very well liked, a lot of friends, active in his church, very supportive family. And, but he just felt like everything was being taken away. It was all the things he had aspired to, dreamed for, tried to achieve in were suddenly just kind of gone. And school was suddenly him just sitting in front of a laptop. They weren't even doing sort of synchronous learning via Zoom. They were just getting lessons that they were doing on their own on their computer. So he had virtually no contact with other students, even over the computer. The sports became all they were allowed to do were these sort of little weightlifting sessions in small groups, no real playing out in the field. And everything that was meaningful and purposeful in his life, everything that he was sort of striving toward was suddenly just gone. And it had a really terrible effect on him. He spoke about it openly. They had a big protest in October at the football field in the town where a bunch of the students got down the field and spoke to all the people in the stands about what hard time they were having. And he spoke very eloquently about how much he was struggling with this disruption. Yeah. I have to focus on that a little bit more because reading through the article, I mean, that was one of the things that touched me the most. And kids, a lot of times don't open up in the same way. Some are more expressive than others. And you're right. He did take that moment to kind of open up and you know, he said, hey, my name's Cooper. He says, I play sports and it's a big part of my life. He says, right now, without all of that, I feel really lost in life. 
that's kind of that moment where you really can stop and think and say, this is really affecting these kids. For adults, you might say, oh, you just can't play sports or, hey, you're just not at school. But it's very meaningful to them. And unfortunately for Cooper, things deteriorated. He ended up committing suicide. But in Hobbs in general, just in that area, it was even more pronounced than that. I mean, I think there was three other student athlete suicides and maybe some uh, six other suicide attempts. So it was a real thing. It was a small town and, and it affected the students there very much. They've, they've been reeling over this. They lost first an 11-year-old to suicide about six weeks into the school closures, who was also very open with his parents about how, what a hard time he was having, missing his friends, missing school. And Cooper took his life in December. And then in October, they also lost an 18-year-old who had recently graduated from high school. This is all in a town of fewer than 40,000 people. What a lot of the adults there spoke with me about what the kids were going through had to do with the way that you know, we have to think back as adults to what it was like to being a young person, being a teenager, and how you don't realize how much other people are going through the same things you are. Often you feel very alone in what you're going through. You lack that perspective, and you also lack a perspective about time. For a lot of us, the fact that we'll have had roughly a year of things being kind of closed down has been no fun and difficult, but something you can kind of, you can see at the end of it. But for young people, this is your youth. Like, you're not going to get another junior year. And that's how he felt. This was his junior year. This was the year that he was going to be out in the field, hopefully getting recruited by scouts, putting up some great videos for the scouts, taking all his AP classes, getting good grades. And suddenly that was all just gone. And he was not going to get another junior year. We talk a lot about uh, these psychological stressors on the kids. And uh, some of the mental health experts that you spoke to painted in a couple of different terms. There's stressors that make your life unpleasant, intolerable. And then there's stressors that take good things away. And in that sense, COVID-19, the pandemic, the closures, right, the response to all of this, that's one of those things that took good things away. As you mentioned, it it took the pleasures of achievements in sports and academics. It took the pleasures of just socializing with your friends. It took those things away. And, And this is where it gets really tricky and where there is cause for concern for our young kids because this is how it could affect them. It's the, I guess, the the scientific word for it is anhedonia. It's the absence of of pleasure. It's all the things that sustain you that are are simply simply removed. So where does the town move now in response to all of this? The vaccines are rolling out. Uh, We're getting good guidelines from the CDC about being fully vaccinated and being to hang out and uh, without masks and social distancing and things are starting to open up. You know, what does the town do now? They're now just really trying to figure out what they can do for their young people. Realizing if they have a real problem on their hands. One of the most poignant things I saw was a um, session where a lot of kids were, this is after Cooper's death, they brought a lot of the kids together, sort of early teen kids for a workout session in a strip mall parking lot just to get the kids together with each other. They're doing kind of kickboxing exercises with um, some you know, karate instructors. And it was just this incredibly poignant scene, these like 13, 14-year-old kids spaced out with masks on doing kickboxing in a strip mall parking lot, all just trying to get them together with each other. The state has finally recently loosened the restrictions and let some kids, let kids back in school for a couple days a week. And then just actually just a couple hours after my article went up, they announced that they were going to have a broader reopening. It's really kind of striking how, how suddenly New Mexico has reversed course. They've gone from being one of the most shut down states in the country to now loose, opening more rapidly than some other states. Um, and it's almost as if one certainly gets a sense that they realize just how, uh, how difficult this had gotten for a lot of their young people. 
Yeah, I mean, we're going to be looking at this pandemic and its effects for many, many years to come on a, a number of different aspects. Mental health, as we've been talking about, just academics for the kids, the economy in, in a ton of different ways. And, uh, you know, as you as you mentioned in in the article, it, it, it is kind of emblematic of a lost year for a lot of people. And uh, it, this is just one story of what the pandemic has cost to to one town and some of our teenagers. So. Uh, you know, it, it's a very in-depth piece. I suggest everybody go out and check it out. There, there's a lot of other details we were not able to get into uh, right now. But Alec McGillis, reporter at ProPublica and author of the new book, Fulfillment, Winning and Losing in a One-Click America. Thank you very much for joining us. Well, thank you. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this has been Reopening America. Don't forget that for today's big news stories, you can check me out on the Daily Dive podcast every Monday through Friday. So follow us on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 